You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. TechFan91, I'm Tim Robertson. He is David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. You're on the other side of the planet than you usually are when we talk. I, I am on the same continent as you for a change. In San Francisco at VMworld, where, where VM... <laughs> VMware's VMworld 2012. Man, that's... I, I, I don't know how you can keep the ladies off of you when you say when you're there. Oh, so, you know I mean, what? I've seen some I've seen some real honeys this week. <laughs> you know, some real honeys. You know, normally wandering the streets with a cart in front of them, you know, mumbling crazy things, but there you go. I, I can't imagine being in San Francisco at the Moscone Center without thinking I'm going to see Guy Searle or John Nemo or uh, somebody walking around the corner at any minute. It was very it, well. It, yeah, it was kind of strange for that. I mean, VMworld's much bigger than the Mac World, um, you know, in terms of number of people who come because we, they have twenty thousand paying delegates. Yeah. So I mean, it, it gets really busy around here, um, and uh, the first couple of days, everyone's wearing a because you get kind of get official material, so everyone's wearing like a backpack and they got badges and stuff like that. So every store you go in in the area, people are going, "What? What is this thing?" You know. And, and then you try and explain, and then they, their eyes glaze over because they can't get it. Um, but, they don't, you know, they don't ask that, by the way, when you walk in with a Macworld badge. They know exactly no, what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but it, it has been. It was. It was kind of weird for that because obviously I do know the the hall very well. But in, in terms of scale, it, it does kind of make Macworld Macworld look very small. I mean, Hall D, which is where the first Macworld I came to, where they had the show floor. Um, that we were using just for the keynotes uh, <laughs> because basically it was the only room big enough to hold everybody in one go. Yeah. So um, uh, and and they also had the the party there with the concert and all of that. So uh, it, it was strange because it's just laid out very differently. But I, I've been in Moscow and West most of the week doing um, you know doing a, a kind of conference stuff, you know, learning and that sort of thing. And uh, I'm here with my father and my brother. They they came along for the trip. So the first day they were wandering around and, and you know they were asking me who must who you know who's who's this named after and all this sort of thing and of course we walked past Moscone West and I said well in there is where you know Steve Jobs used to do his thing so uh, so yeah it's been interesting sounds like it we uh, recorded early last week in the morning um, yeah East Coast time anyways <coughs> so we didn't talk about the Samsung Apple verdict that came down because it hadn't come down yet yeah and uh it has now it, um, yeah interesting because you you know you if you follow the press it, it, before the verdict came down i think everyone was it, it almost seems to be like they were hoping that apple was going to get dealt a blow and that samsung would win and of course then when it came down and it was i mean it, it could not have been more in apple's favor uh, you know, if the jury had come out and kind of bitch slapped the Samsung lawyers on their way out, <laughs> I mean, it really was, you know, quite definitive. It was very quick to get a verdict, and uh, they they've come out and basically said, you know, yeah, Samsung's completely and utterly in the wrong here. Um, and in there's a couple things I want to talk about. One is uh, there was a link that I followed. I I read The Verge. But yeah. I never would have looked at this article if it wasn't for uh, John Kruber at Daring Fireball. Yeah. And um, 
It's the Verge looking at the Samsung Series 5 and 7 slates. And it's a, basically it's a, an iPad detachable from a keyboard. But when it's docked into its little keyboard, it looks exactly like a MacBook Air. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's, here, it's kind of... It's, it's so close you kind of do a double take because you see... It's like, what, somebody, has somebody got um, Windows 8 running on a MacBook Air there? You know, I mean, it, it kind of... It, it's exactly the same. Yes. And... God damn it. This, this kind of crap has got to stop. It really does. And I'm not big on litigation. I think our copyright rules are uh, really screwed up. But that being said... The people who defend Samsung and say, well, it's obvious design stuff. that You can't sue because of that. You know what? There comes a point where I have got to stop and say, enough is enough. Stop goddamn copying everybody else and come up with something original. And if, and if you can't, then your little parasite company should go away. At this point in time, I'm not buying another goddamn thing from Samsung. They're a bunch of parasites who find out what's good. They let other companies take all the risks and all the design risks and all the technology risks. And then their little leech sucks the blood out of the consumer by simply copying what everybody else is doing. And I'm tired of it. It's it's bullshit. I think think you you have to think about why people do this. I mean, we've all, you know, when the iMac came out, we all saw the fact that, you know, within about 18 months, you couldn't buy a pencil sharpener that, that didn't look uh, like iMac, like it was iMac Blueberry. I mean, you know, it, the, the design language kind of filtered out into everything. And, you know, and, and the Far Eastern manufacturers, because obviously all this stuff is made there anyway, um, are, are normally the first to jump on. And, and you know, and pretty much any device or concept or... Um, anything that's remotely successful and innovative, you know, the the Chinese and the Japanese manufacturers will often jump on very quickly. But I don't mind Uh, inspired... I don't mind inspired by. Yeah. You know, even the the e-machines back in the day when we had the Bonnie Blue G3 IMAX, they came real damn close, a little uncomfortably close, but they still looked kind of clunky next to the iMac. They just... They thought it was about the transparent plastic... And not mm-hmm. about the aesthetics itself, so they got it wrong. But that was, even that was like going a little bit well, too far. Uh, but yeah. but that being said, I don't mind that we have metal desktops or desktop computers now. Okay, I get that. Yeah. You, you you think it's a really good idea, so you're oh well, they're starting to use aluminum. Why don't we start using aluminum? And, yeah, and there is certainly a there, there is you know I mean, I mean design is partly fashion. <clears throat> yes, and, and fashion is something you want to be. You know, you do want to be reflecting in your products, and and nobody can really have a problem with that. No, and the, I don't. The, the, the difference and the reason that Samsung, you know, effectively got their backsides handed to them in this lawsuit is because they do something that's far more cynical. They're not saying, "I want to appeal to a consumer who likes this aesthetic, so that my product um, is 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 as is as appealing as the Apple aesthetic is." This, they what they quite cynically doing is saying, "Well." I want my product to be so close to the Apple products that consumers in the know will say, oh, wait, it's just as good as an Apple because it looks the same. 
And consumers who aren't in the know will go, oh, well, you know, those, those, um, those uh, computers I've seen on the TV, um, this must be one of those. Yeah. Or, um, you know, oh, this is, this, is the, as, this is just a cheaper version of one of those. It must be just as good. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's really where Samsung is, I think, quite cynically exploiting what Apple do by basically saying, we want to take buyers off Apple by doing exactly what they do and by continually turning out products and services that look identical literally identical so so much so that even samsung people can't tell the difference uh, is is just you know it's just it's just it's, it's theft. bad news yeah it is it is theft yeah it is it's it's corporate theft and and it was interesting that some of the um co- some of the comments by the jury after this trial had completed where they talked about the process yeah the most they, everyone was surprised they came back so quickly, uh, uh, but in fact, the reason you know they 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 actually came to the conclusion that, that Samsung were guilty extremely quickly, literally within a couple of hours. Yep. It, and the rest of the time, they were just trying to figure out how much it was going to cost them. Yep. Um, and that was they was basically because of internal Samsung email where people inside the company were talking quite openly in email about what they were doing. And what they expected to happen, and and they were basically saying, we know we're doing this, we know it's going to be good for our sales, and we're completely cool with it. Because they had no innovation in that company. All they do is they've been aping every other technology company's aesthetic and technology as far as they possibly could, uh, without taking any of the risks when it comes to making up your own stuff. Um, Andy Anako posted something. Uh, that this is terrible for technology because this verdict uh, crushes innovation. Really? Really, Andy, this crushes innovation? Because it seems to me that Apple's not going after Microsoft for Windows Mobile 8 phone. Why? Because it's nothing like the iPad or the, iPad or, uh, the iPhone. It's nothing like iOS. The design aesthetic is totally different. I don't see them going after that, so how is it crushing innovation? The only innovation it's crushing is Thebes. Companies that steal. Yeah. <clears throat> screw screw Andy Anako. It's bullshit. Well, I you know, I, I think I think he's coming at coming at it from a um just to play devil's advocate for a minute. He's coming at it from a um a, a wider thing of saying, Oh well, you know, um, I don't agree with, with uh, design and software patenting uh, and this supports design and software patenting, so therefore it crushes innovation. But you, you know that, that that's the difficulty is, is why should Apple suffer theft just in the interest of supporting a wider philosophical point about whether it's right to be able to legally protect certain aspects of the of the computer manufacturing process? Why should Apple have to suck it up and say, "Well, we're going to lose sales and money"? Um, it goes beyond and, and that. Have- why? Why should Apple take all the risks when it comes to innovation? And every other company who's their competitor can just sit back, wait for Apple to innovate and, and make up new things, and then simply copy it. Yeah. And, right and is course, right and wrong is wrong. And, and Samsung and, and, was 100% wrong here, exactly the same way that Microsoft was exactly the wrong in the wrong when they stole almost everything about the Mac and made a PC. They were wrong then, too. Uh, theft is and, theft. And, and, of course... The, you know, you, you, you quite very quite rightly talk about risk. 
And many of the tech bloggers who 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 kind of jump on this and say, "Oh, it's bad for innovation." Um, well, you know, they will be the first people to bag on Apple if they produce a product that nobody likes. These are the same people who mock the Apple Hi-Fi. They say, oh, what a piece of crap that was. Why did they ever make it? Well, that, that's what you do with yep. innovation, products innovation. You put things out there and sometimes you hit and sometimes you miss. The Microsoft Zoom was a miss. Yeah, but it was different you know, than the iPod. Uh, iPod. The, yeah, yeah. If, if the Surface... I mean, the, the Surface is a classic example of how you take what somebody else has done you look at a design language and approach and that sort of thing and then you develop something off the back of that but you know the Microsoft Surface nobody could despite the fact it's still um, a beautiful tablet um, and it has, it shares much of its DNA with the iPad and, and that's a product ca- that's a product um, category that Microsoft had never been in before oh I think we lost David to the Skype guards Yep, it looks like it. So we're going to take a quick break and uh, come back with more of uh, Samsung, Apple, and the rest of the technology world. In fact, yeah, he, he completely dropped off of Skype. I hate when that happens. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Guy. And I'm Gaz from the MyMac.com podcast. And we're here to tell you about a very serious condition plaguing Mac users everywhere. It's known as BPSI, or Boring Podcast Sleep Induction. It can happen anytime, anywhere, while listening to dull podcasts and driving. You can prevent BPSI by subscribing to the MyMac.com podcast on iTunes. Our podcast is many things. <laughs> but never boring. Available without a doctor's prescription. The MyMac.com podcast is not responsible for loss of bodily functions while laughing. Side effects include blurred vision, nervous tics, trying not to smile, angry yelling when we say something wrong, and the inability to call our Skype number, which is 703-436-9501. Women trying to become pregnant should not be listening to the MyMac.com podcast, as it will take time away from having sex, which you normally need to do to become pregnant. So remember, listen to the MyMac.com podcast. Think of the children. Lisa Pisali. I'm Suze Gilbert. I'm Vicki Stokes. And we're the three geeky ladies. You could be watching Hoarders. Or you could be reading Fifty Shades of Grey. You could be ghost hunting. Or you could be listening to the three geeky ladies. So put down that book, shut off the TV, and turn on your iPod. And listen to the three geeky ladies. Find us on iTunes under the Stoplight Network. After the Skype gods have been fed and the Wi-Fi network has been appeased with a virgin sacrifice, David is yeah. back. <laughs> uh, that virgin, that virgin, she's pretty upset. Oh, I don't blame her. Um, so we were talking about Samsung and Apple and innovation and theft. And yeah. I'm not going to pussyfoot around anymore, and I'm going to call it the way I see it. And I'm not saying my opinion is the only one that's valid, but, excuse me, when I see a company or any institution whose 
soul innovation is taking theft to a new level, I'm going to call it out. Yeah. I don't care if it's a popular opinion or not. What if, if Apple was doing this, I'd be saying the same thing about Apple. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and this is, this is uh, I, I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and they just went, they said, oh, yeah, well, you know, Apple is, Apple doesn't do, do anything really new. You know, they, they didn't invent the MP3 player. They didn't invent the tablet. They didn't invent the, you know, the smartphone. I said, yeah, but, but this is exactly what they do. They take a concept, an idea, and they do it in a completely different way. Yep. And and ways that tend to be very successful because they generally extremely appeal to people because they concentrate on functionality in the user interface, but but aesthetics in the in the hardware. Um, and that's why that's why people like their stuff. And that's innovation. That's not that's not um, copying. If, if you just went out and did a, a you know a, a carbon copy clone of somebody else's exact product, then that's copying, and that's what Samsung's been doing. Even Google said this to them. Said you know. If Google, who let's face it, are not the, um, you know, are, are quite capable when they want to be of kind of ignoring um, what other people, you know, what other people think and going their own way. If even they are saying to their to their partner Samsung, uh, guys, you know what, we we feel this is really um, uncomfortably close to uh, Apple products here. You might want to think about this. Um, you know, that, I think that, that, that sort of stuff is extremely telling about, about Samsung's corporate attitude. And the corporate attitude is, you know, we don't care. It was interesting. They had um, at the Intel stand at VMworld, they, uh, obviously VMworld is, is all about enterprise computing, but they were kind of plugging their SSDs and their Ultrabooks on their stand as well. Um, and they had an array of different Ultrabook models. We'll, we'll talk about those in a minute. But um, Samsung were noticeable by their absence from that stand <laughs> in terms of the Ultrabooks. They weren't there. What do you think that says? That, uh, that, uh, that Intel doesn't want to showcase those products because they're clearly ripoffs? Or? Uh, I, well, I, who knows? I mean, you know, this, obviously these things are a marketing led at a show like that. It, it could just be as simple as a product manager saying, you know what? The, you know, we've, this is a hall full of twenty thousand, you know, smart ass nerds. I don't want every single one of them coming up and going, huh, uh, "Did you get permission from Apple to show this here?" Um, you know, it could have just been as simple as that. But I, I think, you know, it, it does show that these things do have an impact on, um, you know, on a on a company's on a, a company's position in the market and, uh, and how you part. An impact? Are you talking about the the lawsuit itself, or I, I think I think the fact that from a from a public relations and like media awareness point of view Samsung have now been called out as the copying company I think it is going to have an impact and I think you know as a calculation they're now going to reap some disbenefit from what they've been doing but do you think they're going to this is going to change anything about Samsung because I'm I, looking at the series 5 and 7 and it sure seems to me that they saw that now. Obviously, this was in development long before this verdict yeah. came down. But, uh, but uh, nonetheless, but I, think, I think I think what what I've seen reflects a possibility that people might be uh, perhaps more reluctant to uh, put Samsung products front and center because everybody now knows this is in the mainstream press. It's not in the right. tech press. It's not just techy geeky yeah. stuff anymore. Yeah, exactly. Now everyone, you know, and, and sometimes perception is reality. And you know, Samsung has now been even if. Even if they go to appeal, 
uh, and they lose and they win uh, or get a reduction in damages and what have you um, the damage is done is that the world now sees Samsung as the copying company you know and uh, there'll be there'll be jokes on the tonight show and there'll be uh, you know memes r- running around the internet and, and people railing about it on Twitter and all this sort of thing and that stuff then lodges in the public consciousness and it takes a long time to get rid of it uh, and that is going to I'm sure that's going to harm Samsung good you know now I d- say good d- it, by the way yeah oh absolutely I mean you know that you reap what you sow that's I'm right. a strong believer in that however you know is it is it is it going to? It, well, I'm sure it's going to materially affect their bottom line. Is it going to put them out of business? No. So the, the Samsung is a huge company, and different parts of Samsung quite legitimately support Apple products by supplying components that go in them. Yep. And that's a, that's a different part of the company. Uh, and I'm sure that you know Samsung phones will continue to be popular, and Samsung devices. Heck, I had a Samsung netbook for a while. It was a pretty good netbook. I've got a, sa- a Samsung. Six or seven year old HD TV, not a flat panel. A big, it's a big yeah. son bitch, um, and it's a good TV. Yeah, but I'm not buying but, their products anymore. Well, no, and and that's you know I can I can fully understand that. I think a lot of people will have the same the same attitude, but I, I think there's a difference between you know people like us taking a stance like that and and knowing the ins and outs of the story and the general public. But I think the general public will will certainly have have pause. Uh, and and hopefully, you know, Samsung will. Um, I, I, what I really hope is their lawyers turn around to them and say, you know what, guys, it's not worth appealing this. You know, it's going to cost you more money than it's worth, uh, and you know, um, with a, such a definitive judgment against you, it's not worth appealing. Um, and I think hopefully that then will change the corporate culture within Samsung, um, because that's the real problem at the moment. They're still saying. Well, yeah, we lost the court case, but we still stand by what we've done, um, and you know that just and, and it is clearly from the top. You know, they they think this is cool. Well, you know, you said it very early in this in this episode that there is a culture, and that culture in um, that region of the world is to look to see what everyone else is doing and to simply copy it. Yeah. So, in some respects. I understand that they don't think that they did anything wrong, um, but too bad you did. Yeah. <laughs> you Just did do something sound, wrong. The whole point about going to court is the court makes a judgment, uh, and then that is law. That is that is the answer. That'd be like and us yeah. starting a podcast and call it Samsung. Yeah. What? What's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's close to your name, but you, you didn't invite, invent the alphabet. Come on, man. What's the problem? I don't know. I, I, I get angry, and I've been getting more and more angry by, by reading some of the comments. And I usually avoid stuff like that. But I kind of wanted to see what the Internet tech trolls are writing about in message boards about this verdict. And... You could clearly see people who are uh, like us, and you could clearly see the people who, oh, yeah, Apple invented glass. Oh, great, so now nothing can have glass. You know what? Um, Internet troll sitting in your parents' basement at age 27? Yeah. Uh, Maybe if you understood what went into developing something, 
having responsibility for people who work for you, investing in the future, maybe you would be a, a little bit less inclined to allow someone to rip you off but, on a yeah, massive I, scale. I think this is the calculation that Samsung made. They they uh, have decided that by by copying Apple, they've decided to, to side with the your general typical Apple hater. And you know, all right, this is a generalization, but you know what? Generalization and stereotypes they have a basis in truth. So let's just run with this for a minute, right? The sort of guys who would never buy anything from Apple. Yeah, or girls for that matter. Let's not be sexist about it while we're being stereotypical. Um, the sort of people who would never, ever buy anything from Apple, no matter how good it was, they'd probably never even try this stuff because their attitude is, oh, Apple is the big... Apple is the big. <laughs> so we'll drop David off and bring him back in. He's probably talking still because I can't talk. Uh, here we go. Yeah. That's always fun, isn't it? Samsung is in control of the Wi-Fi network where David is stationed right now. <laughs> Uh-oh. I think he's going to have to reboot his Skype because it's just sitting there ringing and ringing and ringing. Are you there? The person whom you're trying to reach yeah? is currently unavailable. No, he's not. He's completely available. It's your stupid service or the Wi-Fi that screw that up. So we'll wait for David to call us back. And while I wait... Might as well get into some feedback on the site. That's, of course, techfanpodcast.com. This is from our good friend Peter Bird. He says, Hello, Tim and David. I'm curious to see how Windows 8 turns out, especially with all the negative comments from people. I'm a Mac user, but I will try it out because I like choice, and hopefully this will be good. Uh, this will be a good thing, but we'll see. You know what, Peter? I think you're absolutely 100% right, and I like that attitude. I, too, of course, I'm a Mac user. Hell, I run an Apple specialist in Chicago. Mac specialist. Plug, plug. And I like choice because, I'll be honest, I, I'm a little selfish. I want better products. And if you only have one company, no matter how good the products are, if you only have one company doing it and doing it well... You don't really have any choice. And the stronger another mobile platform is, like Windows 8, the more it's going to push Apple to innovate more, to come up with new ideas. Some will be good. Some will be bad. They've got a pretty good track record of coming out with good stuff. But without that competition... Look, I don't care how great your football team is if they never play a game. Well, how good are they really? We'll, we'll never know because they don't play in, in any football games. Um, I, I've always had this uh, anecdote that, well, I don't know if it's a true story, and I'm going to get some of my facts wrong, but I had a friend who used to live in Louisiana, and he knew this guy. He used to do this underground boxing thing. And he just knocked everybody out, this guy. Everybody who got into a ring with him, he would knock out. Now, he's fighting people who are not professional boxers, and nor was he. But his punch was so devastating that no one could stand up to it. This guy would hit bricks, solid bricks, and crack them with just his hands. Um, 
he would let people come up and hit him with two by fours as hard as they could across the head, and he would just stand there. This guy was a Hulk, but nobody knows about him because he never took any risks. He never got into boxing. This was before the whole MMA thing. Um, he didn't put himself out there. He was small time, and he stayed small time his whole life. How much greater would a boxing have been had this guy stepped up and fought Mike Tyson at the time with some obvious training? Would Mike Tyson have knocked him out? Could he have knocked Mike Tyson out? We'll never know. Why? He didn't take any chances. He didn't jump into that ring. He was happy to be small time and be the biggest fish in a very, very, very small pond. We need companies to step up now into a much larger pond that's completely dominated by Apple and take them on. Take your swing. And I hope some of them takes a really good swing and they make some really great products. Because again, I'm selfish. I want choice. I want innovation. This fan's about uh, this this podcast is about being a tech fan, not an Apple fan, not a Sony fan, not a Microsoft fan, a tech fan. And I love technology. You know what I've been playing a lot lately, and I talked about this about a year ago on the show, I guess. Uh, my PS Vita. I've been playing that a whole lot more than I had in the past. Why? Because I'm the, some games are finally coming out that's pretty decent. And it's a great gaming platform. Sony is taking a chance. I know it's not a huge seller for them. Whatever PR marketing spin they want to put on the sales figures, I don't care. What I care about as a consumer is I have choice. I could get an iPad or an iPod Touch or an iPhone for portable gaming. I can get a couple different Nintendo systems. I can get an Android system. And I can get a Sony PS Vita. I almost said PSP. A PS Vita. So I have choice. And that's what I want as a tech fan. Are you there, David? I'm here. Yeah. I've been trying to keep the uh, audience entertained for the last ten minutes. Failing okay, well, miserably. Yeah, well, I'm back now, so all is good. And I was talking about... Peter Bird left a comment up on the site. Basically saying he's he's uh, he's curious about Windows 8 and he and he hopes that it's a a good platform because he likes choice and I was saying yeah. exactly the same thing. Specifically, I was saying uh, I've been playing my PS Vita quite a bit lately. Yeah. And look, when I have to charge that thing more than once a week, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been playing games on it and it's been fun. And the the hardware itself has always been good. There was just no content for it. Well, that's starting to slowly change. Did you I, get a new Madden game? No, I'm not. I'm not. You know, look. You know, I'm a big fo- NFL football yeah. guy. I I don't care. It, those games to me are just too complex. They're not even fun. Mm-hmm. It's more like being a, being a, a puppeteer than a than a game player. You know what I mean? Well, I mean it's through it's fancy wish fulfillment, isn't it? It's about well, like, that's what most people. video games are. No, no, but but a, a, a football game in particular is about you know yeah I I could strategize I could play I could and it's very much about that isn't it Yeah, I guess so. I you know I used to play Madden way back in the day. I'm talking like Madden '98, '97, <laughs> yeah. back on the Sega Genesis or the SNES, those kind of systems, where it was much simpler. You had you know 
three running plays and three passing plays, and it was split screen. And, uh, you know, the, the, the characters, the, the football players didn't really look like football players. But you you could still control what was going on. I'm not saying some more simple is better, because there's complex games that I enjoy playing as well, but... Eh, eh. The, the problem is it's a learning curve, isn't it? For a complicated game, you've got to put a lot of effort in up front in order to get anything out of it. Uh, and I just and, don't have the time. Yeah, that's that's the problem, isn't it? It's, it's about... It's about it's the amount of time you can devote to it. I'm also not the the, the big playing a game and trash talking and all that stuff. Yeah. And that kind of seems like a lot of the the marketing that goes along with those games. Now, obviously, you could play against the computer, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just not into yeah. it. I think I bought I've bought it twice in the last ten years. Uh, the last time was 2009, and quite honestly, the game now isn't much different than the game in. 2009. I, I'm, I, this is a thing. Every year, I wonder, like, how well, how am I going to change it? Football's not changed. It's really not changed <laughs> much. It's you know, very, very small and incremental. Te- yeah, they put the latest teams and then they bump the graphics up, and um, I presume there's not much more than that, really. Now, now I'm in a little bit of a quandary there, though, David. Um, while it's going to be hard for me to think about buying the game, it's hard for me to pass it by on the aisles because. For the first time ever, well, not the first time, it's happened once before, but for the first time ever, a, a, the featured player on the cover of Man is a Detroit Lions football player, Calvin Johnson. Right. And I'm like, oh, God, I want to get that. Just because Calvin's oh, on it. You've heard about the curse, of course. Of course. it's. Uh, there's been players who haven't been hurt and was on the curse. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't put much stock into it. Uh, uh-huh. But that being said, if Calvin Johnson goes down with a crippling injury this year, uh, I'm going to kill EA and John Madden. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't, no one call the police. Yeah, don't say that sort of thing on the internet. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure a red light just came on in the FBI headquarters. <laughs> yeah, before we even finished recording, they're monitoring Skype. Yeah. Um. I. You know. I want innovation, just like Peter. Yeah. And we're not the Mac fan podcast. We're not the Samsung fan podcast. We're not, you know, we like technology in general. And it's a pretty broad field. And quite honestly, David, I, I would like to expand the podcast to talk about different types of technology. And we yeah. keep talking about that, but we're, look, we're both married. We both have kids. We both have full-time jobs. There's only so much and so much uh, effort well, I don't want to say effort. There's only so much research that we can do yeah. in any given week to really prepare for new topics. Because, as is our norm, what did we do to prepare this week? You called okay. me. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. You called me. That was our yeah. prep time. Uh, now, we're usually pretty well-read, and, we, and we're, we're both opinionated. We don't always agree, but we yeah. stay on top of what's going on in the tech world. And uh, for me... Because I've talked about this, uh, I'm going to say for three episodes or so, mostly one, but I followed it up a couple times. To me, David, the big tech story this week, honestly, Field Runners 2 finally got an update. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it, I'm going to get past that stupid, bizarre, bizarre level if it kills me. You know what? I got stuck on it, and and now I now I feel your pain because it's just like it's, it's an impossible, impossible level. Yeah, I I had everything that you could possibly have 
they were they were going through corkscrews to get around on that map. Everything was fully upgraded. Each guy would get hit by at least twenty different lightning towers or flamethrowers, and it, nobody moved at full speed because I had so many of the glue cannons. Yeah, and yet I still lost. Are you kidding me? And I wasn't even on the hard setting. It was ridiculous. So I'm hoping, and they said right in the updates that they listen to user and players' feedback. And now there's yeah, a, but I, I mean I've I've not played it yet, but they've put a they've got they've put a new um, difficulty mode in. Well, that's how they you know got to run of, the profitable. Well, yeah, but you know I don't. You should be able to beat the game at your difficulty level. You shouldn't have to step down to you know <laughs> intelligently subnormal to uh, to to be able to beat a level. I I just want to get past this level. I'm very simple-minded. I'm very, um, I'm very focused on getting past bizarre, bizarre, and field runners too. Because I want to see the other side of the game. I want to see more maps. Yeah. And if I have to step down the difficulty level to get past it, I'm willing to do that. So um, one of the things I picked up while I was out here was uh, a 64 gig iPad. Uh huh. Um, and. Uh, Everyone should have a 64 gig iPad. I now now believe that's what I have. I, I, yeah, they should they should just cut the rest of the line and only sell the 64 gigs. You finally don't have to worry as much. I won't say at all, but as much about data management on your iPad when you've got 64 gigs. Yeah, and the problem with that is that it's. I, I, I mean, I we've talked before about, and your strategy for dealing with it is saying, well, you know, if I've not used a piece of software on my iPad for a couple of weeks, then it goes. Well, it's usually a couple of months at this point, to be honest. Well, okay. The problem with that is that, unfortunately, because the tools on the iPad and within iTunes are so poor about managing your content, that's a really. I always find it's a really hard thing to do because I've got. Have you ever had that thing where you go to buy something on the App Store and then you realize you bought it already? Oh, yes. Yep. They just happened uh, recently. Yeah. And, and the reason for that is because if you delete something off, uh, it's like it's lost. I mean, you, you kind of never see it again. That's because right. The way it's presented on iTunes is just one great big list, uh, one great big field of icons. Uh, and on the iPad itself, it's presented broadly the same way. And so it's really easy to lose stuff that you once you've deleted it, it's like it's gone. It's like it never existed. So I've always been reluctant to take stuff off my iPad because I'll never see it again. Um, you know, and so there are some things where you know, well, particularly if it's a large piece of software, or a large game, something like that, might be a gig or more, and you you kind of never get around to playing it, and then you want the space, you delete it off, and then you've just written off that investment because you're never going to see it again. Yep. Um, so I do wish they'd fix that and and come up with some better ways of. They should have. Um, something uh, like a like a grouping or something where you say, well, you know, temporarily, but I want to get back to this, or or put a shadow icon on the iPad so that you can restore it anytime you want to. Uh, one of the things that I just bought is uh, Activision. Wow, my iTunes just launched. I hope it doesn't crash everything. Let me see. And eh, we're still going. I generally don't have uh, iTunes running when we're chatting, David. Yeah. Because I, it's they need to rewrite iTunes from the ground up. They really well. Do. I think you know it's had all that cloud stuff bolted on, and and I find it's very chatty. If you uh, leave it yeah. running, it's constantly talking to the internet in the background, and of course that then well, not just the the, the whole it it needs to be fixed. Yeah, but anyways, Activision Anthology. Uh, it's a whole bunch of classic 
video games from Activision, most notably Kaboom and Pitfall. Uh, Kaboom is free. You can download this thing uh, for free, and there's in-app purchases. And I bought uh, the complete collection. It was $6.99. And, you know, it's 45 arcade games, half of which you've never played and you don't really care about playing. But, wow, this is cool, man. This is something that I've been been looking forward to. Now, I've got the Atari collection, but as somebody who owned an Atari 2600 back in the day, brand new, the best games for the Atari 2600 came out of Activision. Yeah, and I I was... Yeah, I was kind of stoked with this that there's so many of the iMagic games on there because I had a lot of those rather than the actual Activision games. Right. And some of those are really good. They are. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to playing. I I played uh, before I went to... Yeah, I drove home from Chicago last night. I got in pretty late. And so I played Pitfall for maybe two or three minutes. And I wasn't real happy with the on-screen controls, so I'm going to play with it some more before I do... A, you know, a full recommendation or, uh, you know, yeah. let the listeners know if it's any good or not. But one, so one far, thing that, I liked yeah. it. I mean... One thing that kind of annoyed me about the app is that um, it's... It, if you don't want to buy the whole lot, and $7 for games you might only play once or twice is, is... You know, I know it's small change in the grand scheme of things, but, you know, in terms of the... Uh, of the app ecosystem on the, on the iOS devices, it's still, you know, it's fairly hefty for for effectively what's an emulator. Um, but so I, I was looking at the smaller packages, but it's not clear what what games you get if you buy the smaller packages. The, the kind of the interface doesn't really make it clear. No, what you and get. even when you go to the uh, the iTunes listing for this, it yeah. doesn't even show all of the all games, games that's in yeah. it. Access to 45 classic Activision games, including Pitfall, loved it, River Raid, one of my favorite games of all time, uh, Barnstorming, loved it, Pitfall 2, I don't remember Pitfall 2, I just remember Pitfall. Mm. Uh, but there's 45 games in here, and it's like, eh, it is compatible with the IK gaming cabinet, which I think is probably a good thing. This might be what finally gets me to buy an iCade. Yeah. Because the Atari stuff, there was three good games in there, and the rest were just bleh. Um. The, yeah, this is going to be, and it's it's only uh, Atari twenty six hundred. It's mm. the entire complete collection. Oh wait, no, it says this one of a kind compilation offers the entire Activision twenty six hundred catalog. Yeah, so in one yeah. app with controls designed and optimized for each game. Uh, each game is presented alongside the original box art and manuals for retro levels and features game center support, which no one cares about, and the ability <laughs> to earn digital versions of the famous game patches. So that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm, no, I'm going to play it, and I may end up buying... I'm going to like it on Facebook, too, by the way. Yeah. Um, we're old school, David. This plays right into our demographic, doesn't it? Well, I, I'm, the, the big thing for us is 2600. We had one for, but we probably had one for many years after other people stopped playing it, because because we used to come out every summer to the to, to our holiday home yeah. in Florida, and the first thing that that me and my two brothers wanted to do when we arrived was to um, unpack everything and get out the 2600 that we had there, oh, get yeah. it hooked up to the TV, uh, because you know, we didn't. They didn't. We'll never know. 
<laughs> I think he was going to say they didn't have the Atari. Have anything like that back in England? Oh, there you are. Um, well, no, we, no, no. We, 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 they did, but we didn't. Oh, uh, yeah, well, there, there's a difference there. Yes, yeah, I get it. Um, so are you going to buy it? When we'll never know because we lost him again. Ah, uh, that's what happens with Skype. It's uh, look, he's in a Wi-Fi hotel. What are you going to do? Well, I can tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan, make it a little bit shorter than usual. My, uh, as I've said before, my wife takes the kids and leaves the house uh, for the hour that I do recording of the show. But she told me last night, she said, you know what the, the kids are really excited about doing tomorrow? They really want to do this. And, of course, that perks my ears up because, like any father, I, I want to do things that make the kids happy. They want to go on, are you ready? A picnic. Doesn't that sound like a good idea right now? If you're a mother or father and you've got you know kids, well, I guess if you're a mother or father, by definition, you have kids. And even if you're not, even if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a wife or a significant other or whatever, lifelong partner, whatever it is, doesn't having a picnic... Doesn't that sound like a really good idea? Isn't it nice to be able to get back to the basics sometimes? Put the iPhone away. Put the Android device away. Step away from the keyboards. Take yourself off the grid, even if it's for a few hours, and have a picnic. Sit down with your loved ones. Uh, enjoy the weather, if the weather is nice where you are. But, you know, you don't have to go outside to have a picnic. You can grab a blanket. And you can uh, spread it across your living room floor. If you have dogs, put them outside. So you can sit on the floor without them, you know, rolling around in your food. And just have a picnic. Eat, talk, play. Uh, sounds like a, a really good, fun idea. And I, and I think David yep. uh, will agree. I was wrapping up the show. and. Yep. Uh, well, some of the listeners, I got in late last night, and my wife says, you know what the kids want to do tomorrow? They th- they're really excited about this. And, of course, that perks my ears up because we're fathers. We like to make our kids happy. Definitely. They really want to have a picnic today. Wow. And doesn't that sound like fun? I know yeah. you're in San Francisco right now, and you're, you're away from your family. And I don't mean to make it, you know, have have give you a melancholy moment, but... Maybe it's something you do when you go home. Turn off the cell phones, get away yeah. from the computers, spend a couple hours, lay a blanket down outside in nice weather. And if you don't have that, you could do it in your living room. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, we won't we won't have much nice. I, I hear the weather's been terrible in Britain while I've been away. It's been yeah. been beautiful in San Francisco, but um, I don't I don't think we, it's really been picnic weather. But we could always do it inside. Yeah, absolutely. You turn off the TV and all that, and you you put the blanket down and. You talk and you eat, and more importantly, you listen. Yeah. Listen to what your kids are saying. Listen to what your wife or your husband or your significant other. You just listen, and you smile a lot. Maybe you tell a, a joke. Maybe you you don't don't talk about the hard day at work. Don't talk about how someone on the internet's pissing you off. How much unread email that you need to get back to. Turn all that stuff off. 
stop being a tech fan for a little while and enjoy the people in your life. And I think, to me, David, right now, a picnic sounds like a wonderful idea. I'm really looking forward to it. Sounds good. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Um, we'd love to hear what you guys think. Are, are you on board with what what I basically said about uh, Samsung and copying? What, what's your thoughts? I'm really curious to hear it. Uh, I'm pretty sure we'll probably hear from Peter Bird, but I, I'm also very <laughs> curious on the other listeners. I look at the download numbers. I see that we get downloaded a whole hell of a lot, so... Uh, I'd I'd love to hear what you guys thought on uh, that topic. Are you interested in this Activision anthology? Uh, are you an old school gamer, or do you think that those kind of things best left to uh, the memories of nostalgia? Whatever the case may be, go to techfanpodcast.com, click on the contact us link, and fill out the form, and we'll get that. Or you can comment on. Uh, the actual comments for this posting. It'll be episode 91. It'll be right above the video that David sent last week uh, about his uh, adventures of Warwick Castle. Um, that was a pretty cool... That was, was pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. Check, check that out at techfanpodcast.com as well. And listen to the last episode to find out what we're talking about. Neat video. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear what you guys think. And if you've got any really cool picnic ideas, hey, send those in too. I'd love to know. I I love I'd love to do stuff like that with the kids, David, and my wife. And I'm always open to new suggestions, something the kids might enjoy. Definitely. So uh, yeah, we definitely love feedback. And if you're up at TechFanPodcast.com, click the support Tech Fan shop at Amazon. Even though. Uh, Part of the things that I was going to talk about this week was Amazon and, and how they're using PR to mask the success or failure of the Kindle Fire. Yeah, well, we'll we, next week they they, uh, they should have announced their new devices, so let's pick that one up next week. Sounds like a plan. So, David, I'll talk to you next week. Speak to you then. Bye. <laughs>